0: Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? Good. I'm Brett Vriesman. I'm the director of youth ministry and young adult ministry here at Twin Falls Reformed Church, and I'm excited to be here today to preach to you. Uh, We're in week three of a series we're calling Road Trip, and the the goal of this series is to prepare us for the new adventure we're about to embark on as a congregation. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be launching a brand new vision for where we're going as a church And I'm so incredibly excited for what that could mean for us. We put a ton of work into it, and we really feel like God's going to move through what we do here. Throughout this series, uh, we've been looking at the Israelites' journey through the desert uh, on their route to the promised land uh, to learn what we can learn to be ready for as we embark on a new journey as a church. Each week, we've connected Scripture to an aspect of a road trip, And this week we're talking about, in my opinion, the most important component of a road trip. That would be the snacks and pit stops. Can I get an amen? Now I'm not gonna lie, I feel like I might have been a little bit profiled for this one. Uh, I definitely have an enthusiasm for all things that are snacks and a great appreciation for a great pit stop. In my humble opinion, snacks are one of the most critical components of a road trip because what would you do if you couldn't eat for two to six hours? It would be terrible. And you know pit stops are where you get to replenish all your snacks. It's wonderful. One of the things I love about uh, our road trip snacks is we all have those go-to favorites, don't we? Those go-to favorites. And I think there's three categories of people when it comes to road trip snacks. You've got your sweets person, who's all about that candy or chocolate and soda. You've got your savories, all about the beef jerky or the potato chips, Funyuns, and then you've got your health nuts. Uh, They've got the carrots and hummus, uh, the grapes, the apples, maybe a little granola for if you're feeling a little crazy. And uh, one of us, we all probably fit into one of those categories, and I wanted to take a quick survey of the room. Raise your hand if you are a sweets person. Who's a sweets person on the road? Oh, man. All right, raise your hand if you're a savory. Who's a savory? Okay. And who are the healthy people? Raise them proud. It's okay. Now, the real intention of this survey was to decide who I don't want to travel with. I'm going to be honest. And uh, there was a lot of great data given. Um, I thought I would take a moment and get a little bit vulnerable with you and share my favorite road trip snacks. Uh, You know, when I'm taking a long trip to Buell or something like that. But uh, go ahead and put those up there. Uh, I'm obviously in the healthy category. Uh, This is literally what I eat on a road trip to Hume Lake. This, all of that, and you can judge me as hard as you want. I'm still alive. Uh, But if I'm trying to be healthy, there are those seasons. This is what I usually bring when I'm trying to be healthy. (laughs) And maybe an extra bottle of water along the way. Now, the core purpose of snacks and of pit stops our provision. Generally, we, 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 take, we bring snacks, we, go, we take pit stops to make sure that we are provided for. Now maybe that, that means that you know, we're using the restroom at the gas station, or maybe it means that we just need some time to catch our breath at a stop. Uh, for snacks, it's, we don't wanna go hungry, and we need to be entertained as we, as we drive. On a road trip, when it comes to our snacks and pit stops, there's an element of control that we long for. There's so much unknown as we go down a road we don't normally go down. And to just have that little bit of comfort or that little bit of safety, knowing that that we can control that, is really important to us. That's why we have those go-to snacks. Or why we always stop at the Flying J when we go past this certain city. Or another gas station. As we embark on our individual faith journeys, and as we go on a collective journey as a body of Christ, it's easy for us to want to function that same way, where we try to uh, control as much as we can to, to keep a level of comfort. But that's not always the way that God provides for us. Today we're going to be looking at a passage in Exodus that can help prepare us for the provisions God is going to be providing us as we embark on this new journey, launching a new vision for TFRC. And also as we venture off individually in our own faith journey. Our passage for today can be found in Exodus chapter 16, verses 11 through 18. Uh, Our scripture reader for the day is the wonderful Jody Worthington. So, Jody, would you mind coming to the middle? Uh, Would everyone please stand up with me? We have a tradition here at TFRC to stand and face the center of the room for the reading of God's Word as a reminder of how central it's supposed to be in our lives. Jody, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away.
1: The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God." Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed.
0: Thanks, Jody. Everyone can be seated. As we look back at this passage today, uh, it tells us uh, a lot about God's provision. And I want to look at four important takeaways about God's provision uh, as we get ready to embark on what's next. Uh, The first is this, that God is always with us on our journey. Our passage today starts by God communicating to Moses that he's seen and heard the grumblings of the people, now, these grumblings that, that they're talking about happened a little earlier in chapter 16. In fact, in verse 3, it says this. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into, out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. The journey through the desert for the Israelites was not an easy task. They had already been traveling for about a month when this story takes place. They had walked through the desert of Sur. They had made a pit stop in Elam, and now they had arrived at the desert of Sin. Their journey was full of discomfort, thirst, hunger, and when they arrived at their destination they're currently at, it didn't look that optimistic to be there either. Their new pit stop was not looking too pretty. They were tired, and they were weary. Many times, when our circumstances aren't ideal, we tend to either forget about the ways that God has provided for us, or we choose to see our past through rose-colored lenses. We cling to those great memories and we make them better and bigger than what they really were. One would think that all the provision that God gave the Israelites would have somehow translated and transcended all that they go through. I mean, he had seen them through the exodus, through the plagues, through the Red Sea parting he provided for them. Yet they still had this tendency to forget that. And we do too. We have that same tendency, don't we? To forget about the great things that God has provided in our lives when our circumstances don't seem ideal. The Israelites spoke about the pots of meat and how they could eat all they wanted, but they chose to neglect the fact that they were slaves being terribly treated. There are periods of our individual and collective faith story where we have amazing memories, where we have amazing stories to tell. But memories are never as perfect as you think, are they? I look back through my years of youth ministry, and one of my favorite memories of all time, if you were to ask me, okay, Brett, favorite thing you got to do with youth, uh, my first trip to Creation was so great because there were great bands. Creation's a, a Christian music festival that we used to take our students to. Uh, Great bands, tons of meeting new people, kids establishing friendship. It was great. But if I really look at the details of the trip, it's not as glamorous as I remember. In fact, this was my first summer doing youth ministry, and I had just driven all the way to California for Hume Lake, driven back, and then three days later had to go to this music festival. So I was exhausted. When we when we got up to 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 the fairgrounds that it was happening at, it was incredibly hot, and our campsite was on the fairground equivalent of the Sinai Desert. It was terrible. It was rocks and dirt, and it was so uncomfortable to sleep on. Uh, to top it all off, uh, the next one the next day there was a giant windstorm, and all of our canopies were flying to different people's campsites, and some of them were broken beyond repair. We had to, like, jerry-rig a big tarp over our stuff. Uh, And then, after all that had happened, it downpoured the next day after our canopies had been destroyed. And remember, we're in the dirt. So it was muddy, it was messy. Uh, And then on top of that, I tried doing something I wouldn't uh, recommend. I did the Gallon Challenge. Have you heard of the Gallon Challenge? Trying to drink a gallon of milk in one hour. It's, I don't recommend it. Uh, but anyways, that story, or what happened there, is not a great memory in some regards. But what we tend to do with the past is we elevate it. And we look at the perfect things about it and forget about the imperfections. One of the dangers we can find ourselves in when we dwell too much in the past is missing out on what God has right in front of us. Something we have to be careful of. We can be so caught up in how great things used to be that we can't move forward. Now, God showed the Israelites uh, that he was in the midst of their presence, that he was with them. It says in verse 12, when that he heard their grumblings. But it doesn't only say he heard their grumblings. God also shows he's with them in a more impressive way. He takes action for them. God says, listen, I hear you. I'm going to help you. And then he does it. He's an active of God with us, and he's always among us. In verse 13 and 14, it says, That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. In the middle of the desert, in the unknown, God provided for his people. He heard their grumbling, and he took action. The same is true in our lives. God hears us he's with us and he takes action for us. He's constantly making things happen to provide for our needs. As we find ourselves navigating new and uncertain terrain in our lives, it's important for us to remember that God is with us and he's looking for us to find him. We need to be looking out for where he is in our lives. Church, as we lean into our new vision, it is so important for us to remember that God is always with us. We need to be listening to his leading. We need to be crying out to him when we need help. And we need to be paying attention for ways he might be trying to provide for us. As we start this new journey, God will always hear, see, and take action for us. The second takeaway that I want to have us remember is that God's provision isn't always obvious. As we move along in the passage, the next thing we see is the Israelites' response to God's provision. Verse 15 says this, When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. When the Israelites saw what God gave them, they had no clue what it was. You know, I think the quail was pretty self-explanatory. It's like, oh, meat, that's good. But God gave them something they didn't expect. It was unexpected blessing. And in fact, manna actually means, what is it? They They didn't know anything about this. You see, they were probably ready for something they knew, just like the quail. But that's not how God always works. God sometimes provides in unexpected ways. And he ended up providing with frost-like thin flakes that you had to sweep up from the ground to make bread. Who would have thought? The people had no idea that they were being provided for. But we often have that same response to the ways of God's provision in our lives. We, we tend to notice in the very obvious ways, or we look to ways of the past in which he's provided for us. But really, God could be trying to provide for each and every one of us in a new, unexpected way that's even greater than what we've experienced in the past. Uh, We can see this played out in the the New Testament, in the Gospel. We see uh, the Son of God being born into a modest family. We see Jesus feed thousands of people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And we see uh, salvation through God sending His only Son to die. And we see it through a dozen middle school to high school age students Revolutionizing the world through following Jesus. All these probably were not a way people figured God would provide for them. You know, it's easy to talk about biblical examples, but there's a real-world example I wanted to share with you this morning. Uh, really awesome. My wife shared this story with me this morning. So this week's been just bonkers in the Middle East and Afghanistan. And uh, the bombing happened. And uh, my wife's roommate from college had a friend that was actually in Afghanistan. She was serving as a missionary. And when everything was going crazy, she decided, I better, I better leave town. And she got out. But her roommate missionary did not. Uh, in fact, she was trying to get out at the airport. So, the first bombing happened. She felt her glasses just got like, shot off her face. She was terrified. Uh, she lost her buddy she was with somewhere. I don't know if she like, lost him, but like, was separated from her buddy. And that's when a military man from the United States, he came, he covered her. Second bombing happened and she survived. But he didn't. Sometimes God provides in unknown ways, not the obvious, but he provides. When we enter the unknown or the scary in of our lives, we need to remember that God is going to provide for us. It's not a maybe, he's going to. But there are many times his blessings and his provisions come in unexpected ways. And we just have to trust him. As we move into verse 16 and 17, we have Moses presenting God's instructions for gathering food. And then we have the Israelites' response to them. And it says this. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much and some little. The third takeaway from uh, this passage about God's provision is that it was reaped through obedience. God's provision was reaped through obedience. As he provided the blessing of manna and quail, the Israelites were given instructions on what to do with it. He provided that for them in their time of need, but he didn't just give them a free handout. There was an element of action and obedience that was required. They had to take responsibility for God's provision. And in many ways, if you think about it, it's reminiscent of the Garden of Eden. God created this ultimate garden to provide for Adam and Eve, but there's only a couple things they had to do. And they would have been abundantly provided for. But oftentimes, we have a hard time following those directions. Now, I'm not saying that God only provides For people who are obedient, what I'm saying is that God provides for everyone, but our obedience better allows for us to fully experience and realize the provisions that God gives us. I, did any of you uh, ever take a group of kids, whether you're a parent or a teacher or have volunteered, take a group of kids to a water park or to the pool? Raise your hand if you've done that before. Taking a group of kids to the pool or lake. Uh, it's like if you were to bring a giant group of kids to a water park. And before you go to this water park, you call the parents, you text them, you tell the kids individually, hey, make sure you bring sunscreen. Then you get to the park. And before you you embark on all your different journeys there, uh, you say, hey, make sure you put on sunscreen. And then uh, even before that, you're like, hey, look, I've got a giant bag of sunscreen. Make sure you put on sunscreen. And you're like, Susie over here is willing to put on your sunscreen, so please put on your sunscreen. You're still always going to have those three boogers that never put on sunscreen. And they're going to look like lobsters at the end of the day that's a lot like how our obedience affects our provision. God's always providing, but our obedience sometimes dictates how well we're receiving that provision. As we remain obedient to God, we're able to better realize how to be sustained in trials and uncertainty. These verses display a level of personal buy-in that should happen as we experience God's provision. It says that everyone was to gather as much as they could for their household. Now, as a church, we are obviously a greater community. We're we're called to be there for each other. But there is also great importance on individual buy-in. This can be related to our personal walk and also to our church, the role we play in it, do you find yourself being obedient to what God is calling you to do and be? Are you spending time in his word, whether it's daily or weekly? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you giving him the space to speak to you in silence? On a larger scale, do you find yourself being obedient to God in the role he's calling you to have here at the church? Are you serving in a ministry? Are you participating in a ministry? As we see our new vision realized here, our obedience is going to be a huge part of God's provision for us. We need people to embrace the roles that they are going to have and and to really live into what it is we're we're trying to promote. It's important that we all uh, do our best to take advantage of what God has given us. The Israelites responded to God's instructions with obedience. They followed the directions they were given, and the results were that everyone's needs were met. And this leads us to our final takeaway from our passage. God's provision is always enough. Verse 18 says, And when they measured it by the omer, the one who had gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. When we find ourselves at different pit stops in life, where we don't know what lies next ahead of us, it's important for us to know that God will always be there to provide for us. And he'll always provide as much as we need. Sometimes it might not seem like much. Other times maybe it's in abundance. So whether you're in or about to enter a season of grief, joy, hardship, trials, or just entering a new phase of life. Maybe it's retirement or a new job. God will give you all that you need to get through it. There are times where we might face, uh, feel like God is under, underestimating the amount we can really handle, and we, we, we think that there's no way he's going to be able to provide and give me what I need to get through this but he does. He will. And that's something I'm really, I've been living into over the last few years uh, about God's provision. Last spring, I was able to take on an expanded role here at the church uh, for seven years. I was the director of youth ministry. I still do youth ministry, but now I'm also uh, taking on some other responsibilities, spinning some other plates. I've, I'm launching two young adult ministries and uh, currently going to seminary, trying to be a good dad and a good husband. Uh, you know, preaching and uh, still trying to run to, you know, the youth. Uh, There's been times where I've asked that question, God, can can I do this? Is this what you have for me? I don't know if I can do it. But I cling to knowing that God will not give me what I can't handle. And knowing that he is with me, knowing that he will always provide enough is what gets me through those times. And I have to say, this is not meant to like make you feel sorry for me. I am so excited about the things I'm doing here at TFRC. And I'm, if anything, I get more excited about how God could continue to grow and, and challenge us as a church. But it's because of that confidence that I have in his provision. As we live our lives for Jesus in obedience to God's word, we will find that there will always be things that seem challenging, but God will somehow find a way to equip us to do it and handle whatever it is He throws our way. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. There's still political unrest, there is COVID that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. There's the Taliban in Afghanistan and all of that that's going on. So if you can please be praying still for that that missionary still overseas and she's stuck in Afghanistan, that would be great. There's the recent airport bombing. And on top of all that, we have our interpersonal struggles. It can begin to feel a bit overwhelming sometimes. But not as much. If we can lean on and look to Scripture... And what it has to say about the provision that God can have in our lives. What he'll give to us. This passage in the Bible gives us great insight on what we can expect from God's provision as we try to navigate what's next in our personal faith journey. But it also gives us a great idea of what we can expect as a church as we embark on this new vision for TFRC. And I'm so excited to quit talking about we're going to talk about it. I am so excited for it to be here so you can all get on board with us. Uh, But I want to challenge all of us to lean into these truths about God's provision. Because imagine the amazing things we'll be able to do together on this new journey if we take confidence knowing that God's going to cover it all. He's going to provide And things are going to be okay. I want to finish with a question. Uh, What takeaway about his provision do you need to keep close to your heart right now as you personally navigate the journey God has you on? Is it that he's always with you? Do you need to be paying attention to unexpected ways that he shows up? Are you going to have to zero in on your obedience? Or do you maybe just have to remember that he's enough? Let's pray. God, we thank you for being able to study your word and to get into it and to be able to come here and worship you. We ask that you will please uh, be with us as we Move into this week. Help us have great perspective that you will provide in all that we do. And God, help us remember the nature of your provision and how you can help us. Uh, God, I I pray for all the the families who have been affected by all that's going on in Afghanistan and the bombings that have happened. And Lord, I just pray that you will continue to work in our lives and allow us to be a light in this world. We love you so much. and In your name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Have a great week.